in your ear, a series of podcasts that are really about the possibilities of community writing, of making something profound and beautiful about the place where you live, and at the same time asking questions about how unheard voices can be raised through spoken word, poetry, music and performance. I'm Ian McMillan, poet and broadcaster, and I'll be introducing you to the people involved in A Word in Your Ear and hearing the work that's been produced. First, let's hear from Bobby Tiwana from Black Country Touring, who can tell us the history of this project and the thinking around it. So originally this project started off as something called My Black Country Shop, and it was supposed to be a project where we worked with a number of artists in shops local to them across the black country. Earlier this year, we adapted the the concept of the project to the telephone. So they they performed to a number of people on the telephone, and based on their interactions with people, they then used that as source material, as inspiration to create something new. So they're informed and inspired by those interactions. And we worked with some wonderful groups. We're joined in this episode by the musicians Sam Frankie Fox and Ricardo Santos Rocha. They've worked between them in theatre-making, film, live performance and recorded performance. And I'm interested in how you work together. And could you fill us in a bit on how you create as a duo? Well, we've worked together for over a decade. We always tended to lead on the musical aspects of the theatre performances. Mm. And so we've worked on lots of freelance projects, but then but then, well, for at least eight, nine years have been working as a duo and in lots of different ensembles as well. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because what I find exciting about musicians is that they think differently to writers. Mm. And yet to have two musicians to work in, that's another two brains working differently on the same idea. So I wonder when you got this project, a word in your ear, how did you decide to do it collaboratively? I think it's quite a kind of organic process but I tend to do lead lines and Ricardo tends to add harmonic mm-hmm. chord structures colour to things so there's a natural soloist accompanist dynamic in that but then yeah. it changes according to the project. Yeah basically we chose our repertoire and then once you start arranging things things kind of fit naturally for a word in your ear was a conversation punctuated by song. Mm. So the songs we knew, but the conversation is completely unknown. Yeah. So that coloured everything that happened within that intimate conversation. Every conversation was different. We couldn't believe how different the conversations were, even though there were lots of themes that were similar running through. Yeah. It's where the where the material meets personalities and people. And that's that must be the difference with this project, because normally with a devising project, you'll go into a room and here are some people in a room and let's make this together. And yet here we are on the end of a phone. Yeah. How different was that? It was really intimate. And you could tell, I'd say, within the first 10, 20 seconds, like roughly how the conversation might go, mm-hmm. whether the person was a real talker mm. or whether they were maybe a bit tentative and a bit nervous about, like, what is yeah. this thing that I've signed up for? We always started with a welcome song, which is the word welcome in lots of different languages. Mm. Um, And that, yeah, that was a great conversation starter. It seems to me that your task was harder, in a sense, than the poets, because the poets, to read a poem down a phone feels like a natural thing in a way, a part of a conversation, and then to get the stories back and to hear the stories and the back and forth. The music and the song and the singing and the instruments feels 
overwhelming is the wrong word, but it feels it feels bigger than the phone somehow. That what you're doing down the phone feels bigger, and I'm pleased that the the participants felt felt welcomed by it. I mean, there were some challenges because obviously uh, a phone as a device is prepared to to deal with human voice mm -hmm. primarily. Yeah. So w when we introduce music instruments, there are aspects we need to consider. Uh, so there are certain frequency cancelling things <laughs> happening. So we did a few tests beforehand to see what instruments would work, for example, because besides strings, I also play the accordion. But for instance, the accordion over the phone doesn't work at all. <laughs> it, so we found that, yeah, simple kind of sung voice and then... String um, instruments mostly, and, and then, piano. You but then playing. also um, glockenspiel. glockenspiel. That really came through the, um, the phone really well. Yeah. And so we found that... Yeah, some high frequencies worked. And we, I mean, we, we're quite greedy with instruments. We've got a house full of instruments. <laughs> so I like, oh, just grab things off the wall and try them out. And we, we have a little vintage toy piano. And that's, that sounds great on a, yeah. just on a phone call. So we use that in one of the songs. But yeah, so we had to work a bit with placement within the room. So certain instruments wouldn't overwhelm others. So we had to do a basically a, a natural mix without a mixing desk. <laughs> That's so interesting, the thing you would never normally think of. You know, when you get up in the morning, you think, how am I going to balance these instruments on the phone? It's, the phone. it's not yeah. something we normally have to do. Tell us about the work you did with Mothership, because they're a fantastic group, aren't they? Yeah, just championing women in the most wonderful ways. We decided to frame our conversation with Mothership um, around favourite things because, you know, a lot of them were managing childcare and home and sometimes completely new, uh, new language, country. you know, not having arrived in the UK for very long. And, and here they are in the middle of a pandemic. And so we decided that, you know, there'd been quite a lot of tough challenges. Yeah. So we would frame our conversation mm. a bit more positively around favourite things. So the idea of, OK, when things are tough, what do you draw comfort from? Um, and for the mothershippers, there was so much um, sunshine and positivity in the conversation. There was a lot was of conversation about sunshine, yeah, yeah, and walks in the park and and food, big foodies, yeah. It was brilliant chatting, chatting with them. And it's one of those things you think, wow, you pinch yourself, like, is this really our job? Because often you'd come off the phone, and and so you know, very sometimes just little like lines because I was making notes as we were going because we were trying to sort of harvest little bits of <laughs> lyrics or little nuggets or ideas so that we could make something musical in response to the conversation and sometimes you look over the notes or type them up and and think god that's just like wonderful mm -hmm. philosophy mm -hmm. and like what a gift and this is this is our job <laughs> I also talked with Sozan and Eklas from Mothership what is Mothership tell me about Mothership Actually, mothership is um, is everything now. It's gathering every activities and anything that we we need, like uh, moms from the to broke the routine that we use to do at home. So we found ourselves with them. Actually, yeah, we found what we we love to do, and we found uh, lots of things. We discover ourselves. Actually, it's like our home. Uh, just for us, what we uh, yeah. looking for future, not just for children. We have 
think about ourselves. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, think yeah. about what we love to do, and uh, yeah, and we found ourselves actually. That's a great thing to to have a group that actually helps you to find yeah. yourself and remind you yes. who you are and who you can become. And we can do it with the staff. They are lovely. They are like us moms. They're welcoming, yeah, anyone. Welcoming anyone. And we we met different culture, different people, different just just moms, just moms. For me, it's my dream. It's my dream <laughs> here to find myself. What yeah, can yeah. I do? What yeah. I like? We are just like family now. Yeah. Tell me about how you worked with the musicians. What was that process? Uh, they are so lovely. Yeah, we talking and we singing. We dancing. <laughs> sing. <laughs> just by phone. So nice. we enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> of the descriptive phrases there and I guess were some or all of those phrases the things that you heard them say yes yes they're all sentences that came up on conversations then we did yeah basically we chose a few that uh, sounded more significant to to this theme 
Yeah. So the title itself, a little drop of sunshine. Yeah. I think that was in response to us playing a song, and then oh, that was like a little drop of sunshine. It's such a great phrase because yeah. you, you often hear a little drop of rain, yeah. don't you? But a drop exactly. of sunshine, such a nice line. And when I heard the first line of the song, I thought, well, the next line is going to be a little drop of rain or a little something, uh-huh. of rain, a little mm-hmm. ray of rain or something. But then it just when you heard it again, it was just so powerful. And then the spoken bits. They reminded me of how we all speak in rhythm, and we all and that speaking is a kind of music. And the way you brought that out is absolutely superb. I think it's beautiful. beautiful oh, please. great! Because the idea was was to just take the source material and see where, where it took us. And I wasn't sure if I might sing it all mm. and, and really sort of form, you know, create a sort of verse chorus structure. But actually, it was just the conversations were full of poetry. It's a kind of poetic piece, I think. Our producer Bobby said it was like a meditation mm. I think that's right that's how it feels um, yeah I often when I work with songwriters I often say try and write something that's it's not quite a song uh-huh. mm-hmm. which is what that is it's a meditation it's a piece so you don't yeah. you sometimes do get tied down don't you to the verse chorus thing sure. which is a great thing but sometimes if you can escape those handcuffs that's a good thing tell us about the other group that you work with the Bearwood Community Hub tell us about them well they've got some like really exciting uh challenges and uh, plans that they're putting in place and they're all about bringing the people of Bearwood or the black country together in you know exciting creative relaxing ways there was a lot of interest in in food again the conversation you know did rotate a lot around bread so Mm. we had this idea of actually using that as an inspiration for the piece that we would make in response because Mm -hmm. neither of us are sort of standard percussionists we kind of like to use everyday objects to Mm -hmm. make rhythm so we kind of got the idea of ah we could use the process of making bread use that as a kind of percussive element Mm -hmm. so that's basically what we did in our kitchen table (laughs) (laughs) i spoke to sarah longton from the hub and asked her to describe how the group created the piece we're going to hear and tell me about Bearwood Community Hub's involvement with A Word In Your Ear because so many different projects have been involved with A Word In Your Ear. And what I find exciting is that each project has approached A Word In Your Ear differently. So how did, how did you get involved? I got involved because Renata, who was then part of the administration of Bearwood Community Hub, asked me if I fancied having a, a performance on the telephone. Hmm. And I, I thought, well, that sounds a bit strange. If somebody wants to ring me up and uh, do a little performance down the phone to me, particularly during lockdown, it's really nice to have something novel. And the thing is as well that usually with a community thing, when you're asked to do something and you say yes, that involves other people in the same room at the same time. Yes. And what I yeah. found uniquely moving about this experience was that it's just one person talking to one person on the phone. It was magical, actually. I mean, I had the two musicians and Sam was uh, was sort of hosting it and she was really friendly and she was almost like an old friend on the phone immediately that put me at ease. And she just said, just listen to some, some of our performances of these songs and um, just reflect back what, what comes up for you. And there's, it, was, it was actually made me feel quite tearful. It was very uh, intimate. There's something about being asked just to listen without a visual, which for me just tapped into lots of imaginative things and, yeah, memories. It was wonderful. 
And the, the interaction I found interesting. You chat and maybe what you said might end up in the song or might affect the song or might give the song some kind of tone that maybe it wouldn't have if they hadn't talked to you. So you became a kind of co-composer uh, within the song. Yeah, and the final pieces that they did uh, create were really wonderfully atmospheric. Feel like you're sitting in that watermill and then and then the accordion starts playing and it just transports you immediately. And the same with the song, A Little Drop of Sunshine, the bird song starts. And, and one of the main things that came up during lockdown was, was nature mm. and walking in Worley Woods, which are our local woods here, particularly for loads of people, became really, really important. So that thing of the bird song, it, it was really, really beautiful. And again, very, very moving and maybe tapped into some, some emotions that have been a bit kind of battened down with, with us not communicating as much during lockdown. I think that whatever happens at the end of this, the idea of art, the idea of community art, will be seen as being as important as it actually is. We all know that when we've worked in community art, when we work in a community, we know how important it is. But somehow I think that knowledge will have been transmitted to more people. I'm sure it will. I'm convinced it will. We had the opening of the Bearwood Tapestry recently and everybody came together to, to see it. And it was really nice to know that your little bit was on there, but your little bit made made a whole and made the whole picture. And you're right with the tapestry analogy that somehow this is what this project is as well, isn't it? It's a kind of aural, oral tapestry and we get to see our bit, but listening to these podcasts, we'll hear the whole thing. Let's hear a little bit.
such a lot of different qualities to it, that tune, I think. It feels like a work song. Mm-hmm. I think it feels like a dance. Mm-hmm. It feels like a, a meditation, as we said before. When you're making a piece like that out of stories and things that people say to you, I wonder how you, you go about translating language into melody. This idea of the dance was, uh, was a purposeful one, the, using a waltz as, mm. a, as a, yeah, the bass rhythm. And the sound you hear at the beginning, in fact, is a water mill uh, mm. in Portugal. It's basically the stone of, the, of that mill. The first recordings, you're hearing the kind of water outside and the stone, and then you kind of go into a more domestic scene of the dough hitting the table. Mm. What you aim to achieve is transport the listener to whatever place they want to be. If you've achieved that, I think, you know, you achieved something. I think it's what really music special. can do that language can't. That whenever exactly. you speak, you, there's always references. You'll talk about something, you'll mention a table. Yeah. In a poem, somebody can see a table. But music is abstract in that way. Exactly. You're not referring to anywhere specific. That's why that yeah. works. With really language, you've got signifiers, you know, yes, that you this means things. Yeah, yeah. So on music, a note by itself doesn't mean anything. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's right. So the meaning's not there, but the, mm-hmm. the emotion, the sense, the, the sense of culture behind it. It's beautiful. It, I'd love to see some kind of mass dance happening <laughs> in the community hub with that. That's, that's, that's the next stage. Right, get the, mo- the mothership women in yeah. the community hub uh, making bread and dancing with flour flying everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's very much the next stage. Bells and whistles this, for this next uh, uh-huh. performance. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening and thanks very much to Sarah Lonton from Bearwood Community Hub and Sozan and Eklas from Mothership, and, of course, to Sam Frankie Fox and Ricardo Santos Rocha. A Word in Your Ear was commissioned and produced by Black Country Touring. The podcast was produced as part of Black Country Stories podcast, and the whole thing was supported by Arts Council England and the DCMS through the Culture Recovery Fund. (laughs) 